This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Youth Baseball Talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk, brought to you by the Rope Trainer. As my friend John Smoltz says, everyone should have one, from big leaguers to little leaguers. Make sure you check out theropetrainer.com today. Special thanks, as always, goes out to Chris Ferna, Earl Perrin, and, of course, John Smoltz for their continued support of Youth Baseball Talk. I highly encourage you to go to theropetrainer.com, see how that device can be used to help you and your players with those young arms and what they should be doing to take care of them, make sure they're going to be good arms, for the entirety of their baseball career. There's tons of great information out there that can help you. Uh, you'll hear some of that type of stuff from uh, the, the weekly contributions and the rope report, thanks to our good friend Kirk McNabb from Dirtback Baseball Nation. And again, I can't thank Earl Perrin enough for his continued support in providing us with that ultimate, uh, the ultimate content that comes from Kirk McNabb and everybody over at Dirtback Baseball Nation. Uh, I want to thank everybody for uh, sticking with us. Uh, you know, sometimes in the summer we miss a week here and there due to holidays. Um, obviously, last week we celebrated the 4th. I was out of town watching my own son play a little baseball. Um, you know, uh, the show this week, really, and, and again, I say it all the time, there, there's enough going on in the game of baseball where we'll typically talk about things that happen in the world of baseball that make me ask questions now, especially as a parent, Um I happen to be sitting with some parents, actually from another team, this weekend. I, you know, as I get further away from coaching my own son and help and trying to help him and letting him help himself, and really under the control and and guidance of people that are obviously much better at this than I. Um, you know, I become more of that dad figure, more of a fan, uh, a guy that tries to take his own advice sometimes and take the advice of others. But it's funny, I wound up having a pretty interesting conversation with uh, a grandpa and a, a grandmother and then a father of a player on the team we were playing against. And, you know, it was a it was a typical tournament. Um, you know, it was billed as a college showcase-style tournament. Um, you know, uh, I often wonder what that means. Um, and it's the subject of today's show. And what's funny about it is, I was thinking about what, you know, again, let's just kind of start from the top. I mean, what does that mean, college showcase? Well, when you hear that, uh, naturally the first thing you would think is, well, there's going to be colleges there and you're there to showcase your talents. I can tell you without fail that I've been to quite a few college showcase tournaments and I haven't seen very many colleges there. Now, on the flip side, I've been to the real deal ones and there's a lot there. So... I think we're kind of getting back to watch what you're being sold. Um, I say all the time, you need to do some homework. Um, you know, we talk a lot about organizations and trainers and people like that. And the, you know, you have the ability to, um, you have the ability very simply to do some homework and some research and make an, a, an educated decision on, you know, um, you know, is this what's best for me? Is this the right thing? Is this what we should be doing? Blah, blah, blah. So, so to speak. Then you kind of come down to the whole, um, you know, where 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 do I fit in the skill section of this? You know, 
is anybody even going to pay attention to me, blah, 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 you know, that sort of thing. That's all a different conversation. My, where I'm going with this is and where the conversation was, you know, was, you know, we're so, con, you know, we're so in that society of showcasing your talent in, in, the, in the showcases, you know, where, and you've all done it. A lot of people have done it. If you're young, you haven't done it yet, and it's coming. You know, you sign up for something, and you go out, and you run, and they time you. And then you take, if you're an outfielder, you go out and they, they hit you balls and you throw them into third base or you throw them home and they, they put a radar gun on how hard you're throwing and they watch the throws and they try to get a look at you. And then if you're an infielder, you go out to deep short out in the six hole and they hit you ground balls and you, you know, they usually hit some at, they hit it at you, they hit it to your left, they hit it to your right, they get you a slow roller, you know. Um, sometimes, some of them I've seen now, they're putting radar guns on the, on the infielders to see how hard they're throwing it across the diamond. Uh, you know, catchers, um, pop times, uh, they might watch you frame some, they might watch you receive some balls, they might watch you block some balls. And then, of course, they watch you take a round of BP. And then there is always the game. And you leave, and more times than not, you're light in the pocketbook with a nice T-shirt. And a whole bunch of people sat up there and watched your son, and you never hear from them or never talk to them. Um. I, I will say this, I, knowing enough to be dangerous, I know there's a method to this madness, um, and I'm kind of, how do I say this, I'm kind of at the point with this whole thing now of, I hate to say this, but if you don't feel you have a discern, like a skill that jumps off the chart, if you're you know if you're the kind of guy that's a good player like you 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 get things done in a game it's a showcase is going to be a tough thing for you you know they're 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 kind of looking for things that jump off the chart and let's you know we can talk about what those things are but you know for and we've done it, it but for the sake of of this discussion it's really more like when you go play in a tournament and I googled today you know college showcase baseball tournament and, and I'm always curious what Im- – like, every time I do this, I'm always curious what image is going to come up. It, it, it always makes me, uh, you know, kind of curious. And one of the first images that came up is what I used today was it, what appears to be – and I didn't count them exactly, but it appears to be about 30 what I would assume are college coaches of some short, sort, never – very rarely the head coaches, uh, associate coaches, sometimes third coach, sometimes volunteer coaches. Uh, I couldn't speak to who these people are in a picture, but apparently – if you look at the picture, you can, what you can gather is you've got a bunch of them sitting on the first baseline, and I, I, my assumption is, is they're watching some sort of drills go on. And it looks like they've all got things, and they're writing on them and things like that. And the first thought that came to my mind was, what are they doing exactly? And that's how I titled the episode, only because, you know, uh, interestingly enough, I got a text from a friend whose son was playing – was at a, a, a serious showcase, and I mean – I'm talking real deal showcase. And I asked him how he did, and he said, you know, he killed it all week. Um, not only did he do really well in all the showcase type stuff, but in the games he killed it, you know, hit the snot out of it. And if you ever go to those things, it's interesting sometimes how you watch them. They're typically dominated by pitching. Um, you know, and so when somebody says, you know, a guy did really, really well, and then he went and hit well in the games, um, but, you know, the measurables, which we always talk about, he, you know, he was tops in this and tops in that and finished in the top ten. In the, the, and, you know, there's, there's all these guys sitting back there with all these shirts on, right? Um, and then nobody talks to you. And you're like, 
Okay. It just begs the question, what are they doing exactly? I don't know. I had kind of texted him, and I said, you know, what's the protocol? I mean, you've been there before. Do they typically grab kids as they're leaving? Do they um, do they take down this information, and then they go back, and then they, 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 they cross-check it against, you know, if you go to Perfect Game and you have an account, they take what they saw today, and they go back, and they double-check it against some stuff they see for Perfect Game, and then maybe they call your college uh, prep coach or you know your summer program coach and say hey you know we noticed him we've got him down what can you tell us about him hey can you get us in contact with this high school coach and then the next thing you know you get a letter saying hey I'd like to speak to you or, or whatever is that the protocol I don't know uh, I have a hard time believing that if uh, your son my son daughter whatever in any sport goes to anything that has a bunch of college people there and the people do they go out and they perform and these people see something that they're like that you know let's face it they're used to having a certain type of athlete depending on what their situation is right so as we all know more times than not especially baseball if it's a big d1 school they're used to having top of the enchilada type baseball players usually gifted athletes with big you know big bodies and can run you know they can do all these things so they know a lot of times just by looking at a guy if the player is their type of player and then you start getting into you know well we need this and we need that and you know you even hear him say well you know we got we're covered at this position for the next three years i don't know what we're going to do with him i don't know that he can move positions then you start getting into conversations so you know where is the fact checking and who is doing what and is it quite possible that some of these guys are um are there and, and they don't carry any weight with the program? I, I, I guess. they there for looks, maybe? I, I just always wonder, and, and I think that that's an interesting thing that would I, I would love to get um, some varying types of uh, not varying, some colleges that vary in uh, status, I guess would be the word. Um, I'm sure if I reach out to Coach Hendrickson at St. Louis University, who I would call um, a, 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 I, I, they're definitely a top. They're, they're in that like this year. They're in that top 64 Division One, giving themselves a chance to play. You know, to to try to reach Omaha. Um, you know, there are some that are D1, but probably are never going to get that chance. It's going to be really hard for them. Um, you know, I always say there are some D1s that are D1 by name. Uh, and then you get into your D2s and your D3s and your NAIAs and your junior college. There's Division One junior college, Division Two junior college. Of course, there's Division Three, and we all know the story with that. There's Ivy League. You've got all different types of programs that all do it different. But at the end of the day, again, the question is always, as you sit there, and you will do this. If you're really into this, you will go to a showcase tournament, and you will sit there, and you will ask yourself when you look back there, because I've done it, what exactly are they doing? So I thought it would be an interesting conversation and thought process today. Uh, before we get uh, talk a little bit more about it, I want to remind you to check us out at youthbaseballtalk.com, the multiple things you can do there. Number one, subscribe to the show. It's absolutely free. You can listen to back episodes, which we appreciate and people do every week. The Most of the content, um, you know, is all good content with people contributing, and you can go back and listen. There's lots of the, the good information on there as far as instruction, um, teaching type things, uh, great influencers, good interviews with certain people involved in the baseball world. There's all types of different things that kind of go on with it. And again, I appreciate, I, I, I say it all the time, I, people find the show, they listen to a couple, they like it, they go back, and then they listen to more and more and more and realize, hey, there's some, there is some really good content on here. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, I'm, I, I'm more than appreciative, if you can even imagine. Um, 
you know, social media is a great thing, at Podcast Baseball, where you'll find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook simply by typing in Youth Baseball Talk. Uh, you know, when it comes to Twitter, if you're involved at all in the game of baseball and you follow us, we're going to follow you back. It's kind of how we stay in tune. Uh, Facebook, again, we ask that you go to Youth Baseball Talk, like our Facebook page. Click invite your friends and anybody involved in this wonderful game of baseball. If you'd invite them, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, Instagram as well, Youth Baseball Talk. You can also find us as part of Lineup Media Group. Uh, lineupmedia.fm is where you'll find the uh, the lineup, so to speak. Uh, one of the newest creations by Lineup Media, though, which has got everybody around here buzzing, is Yo Radio. Everybody likes, you know, Spotify. They have all these different things that they listen to, iHeartRadio, you know, these internet radio stations, because, you know, they, the content is wonderful. Yo Radio's just came out. It's tremendously done. I'm enjoying it very much. It's got everything you would expect and more. Uh, you can expect it to continue to grow. They're, you know, we see them here every day behind the scenes working with influencers and people throughout this, throughout, I was going to say throughout the country, but throughout the world, to bring you radio stations, you know, with something a little bit different. So, again, check out Yo Radio. Uh, download it. It's absolutely free. Um, they would love a review once you've listened to the station and you know saw how easy it was to download, how easy it was to use, and how much you enjoy the music. They would love a review if you would help them out. And again, I know all the guys that are working on that. They're they're just tremendous people. Um, they do great work. One of those is one of my producers here, Andrew Allen, uh, also Brian Crock. Thank you to both of them for all the work they do behind the scenes. It means so much to me. Um, and again, I, I couldn't do the show without a lot of the people that make it go. Uh, Precision Impact, precisionimpact.ca out of Canada uh, that provides some of the great training tools that you guys would use for baseball. Um, you know, they met those guys at ABCA this year. Uh, they were more than interested in being a part of the show to get the word out about precisionimpact.ca. I would encourage you to, you know, queue them up online, precisionimpact.ca. Check them out, see what they have available. Uh, very streamlined. Uh, they, they, they work on just what you need. There's quality discounts available. They have their new online, uh, you know, forum stuff. That, you know, you can check them out on YouTube, Facebook, anything you want. You can share information through there. They're, they want to run a real open community so that they can take feedback from you on some of the stuff they're working. I have a lot of people out there that I've recommended the sand balls to. Those are those heavy balls that, that people use for hitting and and both for feel and to chase and there's a, there's a variety of uses for them and in fact I just was going over it in the cage the other day with a gentleman and recommended it to him and I know he was going to order some and again just uh, you know just a great way to get the types of tools that you need to help your young athlete uh, currently right now when you check out precisionimpact.ca you can put in youth baseball talk in the coupon section discount section you're going to receive an additional 10% off let's go now to Dirk Dombrowski from precisionimpact.ca let's see what he has for us this week Hello, everyone. Welcome to Precision Impact. My name is Dirk, and on today's Precision Impact Rundown, we're going to talk a little bit about something I've touched on before, uh, which is body language. I know uh, I've touched on this and, and mentioned the importance of it, but today I just wanted to talk a little bit deeper into it as a, as a result of having you know a couple of issues over the last couple of weeks with some of my own players. Um, and so I've, I've tried to try to explain not only to a group, but as, to each individual player on the team the importance of body language, not only you know in the heat of the moment, um, in terms of the, in the umpire's eyes, or even in the eyes of your opponents, um, and definitely in the eyes of you know coaches who are potentially watching you during games and stuff like that. But I want to I wanted to reiterate and probably go into a little bit more details the importance of it amongst your own teammates. Um, I've had a few issues recently with some players that I've had to sort of explain the importance of body language and the role it plays within your own team and amongst your own teammates and stuff like that and so there had been a video that I'd sent to a few players 
uh, and it was from the Alabama Arizona game, and it was a women's um, World Series, t- 2009. Um, fourth inning, two outs, bases loaded, down by two, and Alabama pinch hits their All American Brittany Rogers. Um, this video is going to be really easy to find if you guys Google it, and they pinch hit their All American Brittany Rogers for a freshman, Jocelyn Lunsford, um, and and. Normally, under circumstances like that, you would expect that the All-American who just got pinch hit four to be sitting on the bench or a little bit upset, wanting to be in that situation. Bases were loaded, two out, and they were down by two. You know, you would think that the All-American who had gotten them there to the 2009 World Series would want that opportunity. But, you know, this was a really neat video because it showed what a true teammate really is and... um, uh, the All-American Brittany Rogers was on the top step, literally screaming her face off, cheering on the freshman who had just pinch hit for her. And that is just something totally unexpected that you just don't see very much these days. And that's why this video stuck out, and that's why it's actually as popular as it is. So I had sent it to a couple of my players just to remind them of in a situation like that, don't don't take it as a negative, right? If you're seriously concerned and your main concern and priority is the team being successful you have to remove yourself from that equation you have to remind yourself that you know you are not better than the team you are you are not more important than the team that the team comes first and then if you know the coach decides to pinch hit somebody for you you know when the when a when a situation is really in need of something to happen you know, just just accept that and cheer on and and you know really cheer on the person in your spot. I have no doubt that Jocelyn Lunsford felt better at the plate knowing that the All-American that she had just pinch hit for, Brittany Rogers, was cheering her on. There's no doubt that she was more relaxed and felt more confident and less pressure, right? She probably felt the only pressure she felt was possibly from the other team and not from her own teammates putting that pressure on her to make her do something because she was switching or pinch hitting for Brittany Rogers. So I think it's really important that you make aware to your teammates and to your players that the team comes first and the coach's decisions are, you know, no doubt um, the decisions of the coach. They shouldn't be impacted or reflected by the players themselves. Um, and these days I just see too many players, you know, thinking that, you know, maybe they've done something wrong or maybe, you know, they're not good enough for that situation. Sometimes the situation just calls for something unique, some, you know, maybe some fresh blood, a different set of eyes, something like that. It's very important that the players just accept the decisions, move on, elicit really good body language and cheer on their teammates who are in the game and who can make a significance at that moment. Um, I sometimes challenge players instead of, you know, getting too mad at them or, you know, trying to just constantly, constantly look back in the dugout and try and get the dugout going again. I'll sort of set an example and, you know, whether it be send a guy up in the stands and have him sit for an inning and and make him reflect on maybe why is he there in the first place. And as he comes back down, I'll chat with him again and say, do you know, do you know maybe why I sent you out? Right. And, you know, hopefully they get the message right with without necessarily having to send them send them home or anything like that or without having to bench them. It's body language is so important. There are so many players these days that can hit and throw and field and catch a fly ball and can um, do all these things. But I think body language and, and character play such a huge role. You're seeing it more and more in TV interviews from college coaches who are talking about that the big thing that they're looking for when they go to high school games high school basketball games, high school baseball games, high school football games. They're looking for the body language of the people that are either A, playing, definitely, 
Um, or the definitely the people who are not playing as well. What are the people on the bench doing? Are they doing everything they can to get into the game? Is the pitcher on the mound eliciting terrible body language when a bad strike call is called? Are the people at the plate who are getting rung up on you know potentially bad pitches walking with their head down or arguing with the umpire? You know, um, if an ump- if a coach from you know maybe possibly a college school is watching a high school game, they know if it's a bad strike or not. They're not going to hold that against you for you getting rung up on a bad strike call. But what they will hold against you is how you respond to it. Right? Your career doesn't end in high school. Ultimately, if your goal is to get to the next level, so you should realize that that at one at bat is not going to be the end of the world. But how you handle that at bat can certainly inf- influence and impact your future, depending on who's watching. So again. It's very important that, you know, even if win or lose, you know, fail or succeed, that the body language is consistent, that the demeanor is positive, that, you know, even if you're getting pulled off the bench and you and you make a big error in the outfield or a big mental mistake on the field and you get pulled for it, don't sit down and, and you know, sulk about it. Try and stay positive. Stay up, you know. Um, if you're a pitcher who just got pulled, make sure you're picking up the guy who just got in to replace you. He's trying to help you out. He's not trying to make you look bad. He's genuinely being thrown in, whether it be with the bases loaded, no out, and you've walked the yard, right? This guy's trying to go in and trying to help the team and trying to fix a few mistakes that you made. He's not trying to go out there and embarrass you whatsoever. So I, I just can't stand it when I, you know, I'll go out and pull a guy who may have just walked the bases loaded or a couple of hits off him or whatever the case may be. And he just goes in and throws his glove and sits there and sulks, right? I want to see that guy on the top step, hanging over the railing, cheering on the guy who's literally there trying to save our game. And I just don't think it happens enough these days. The emphasis is put on more of performance, you know, which don't get me wrong is important, but I think the emphasis is too much on performance. It's too much on, you know, um, executing you know, getting the job done, which is important, but I also think the emphasis needs to be put on body language and character by the coaches, right? Having a meeting and talking about what they want to see from the people who are on the bench. What do they want to see when a mistake is made, right? I love it when I see an infielder make a mistake and then call time afterwards after the play has been done, walk up to the pitcher, and you can almost see or see the the words come out of their mouth where they say, hey, get me another one, right? I won't make the same mistake twice. Get me another ground ball. I want another ground ball. Instead of hoping that the ball doesn't find them and it goes to somebody else and you know it's somebody else can make that play, right? The players who are going to get to that next level are the ones who want the ball, even after they just made a mistake. Again, body language, I can't stress enough how important it's going to play a role for young kids getting onto the next level. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns regarding this, please leave a comment down below. Thanks. Really good stuff, and again, we can uh, we can always uh, use more people in the world like Dirk Dombrowski that care about the game, that want to give back, and want to do a great job with all the kids out there. And again, this isn't just a baseball thing. We're always looking for good people that want to get involved in youth sports. So thank you so much to them. And again, as always, thank you very much to PrecisionImpact.ca. One more time, don't forget Youth Baseball Talk in the coupon or discount area and receive an additional 10% off your purchase at PrecisionImpact.ca. Um, you know, back to what exactly are they doing? Um, you know, I've talked to some of them sometimes and, you know, you got to remember one of the things that I, I guess you don't think about, because when you go to something like this, you're typically thinking about, you know, your guy and, or, you know, your, your, your young lady, what are they doing? How are they doing? How do they look? You know, these guys see tons of players, you know, sometimes they show up, they're looking for something in particular, 
sometimes they're, they show up looking for something that is a standout type quality. A lot of times I describe it as a wow factor. Um, you know, it's interesting. Over the years, you talk to a lot of coaches and you look at different players and, you know, some things haven't changed. I mean, I know we live in an age now where everything's so measurable and we talk about data and analytics and all types of things. But there are a few things that haven't changed. I, it, it, it takes me back to an earlier showcase in the summer that my, t- my son attended that I actually talked a little bit about on the show. And, it, it, you know, seeing those guys sitting there this weekend, and quite honest, I, the reason for it is because I, I, I watched them, and it really, really seemed to me, you know, like, I, like they weren't even doing anything. And I know that's not the case, but that's what it seemed like. So even in thinking about the show today and what I was going to do, it, it took me back to a showcase earlier this year. A lot of talented kids out there. Um, I've seen a lot of them throughout the couple of years. Some of them already committed to really good Division One schools. And, you know, they, they still continue to do these things because, you know, if you don't know, those things typically, those things are not binding until a certain time. So there's a lot of verbal agreements in place that sometimes don't work out. So these guys are, are best off to keep their name out there and keep making sure people see their skill set. So a lot of good players out there, and there wasn't a whole lot of movement, wasn't a whole lot of chatter, wasn't a whole lot of writing down. And some kid in, in the outfield, it visibly by the eye, Notice, noticeable how much harder he threw the ball from the outfield into home. And it was interesting. I noticed out of the corner of my eye that a few guys started stirring, got up from where they were at, come over, stood behind the fence so that they could actually see the ball come in, got a better look, watched him, went and sat back down. And, you know, it's like, okay. And, um, you know, there were a few more kids kind of like that, but really he was the one that got them stirring the most. And then, you know, it doesn't take any rocket – it doesn't take a rocket scientist to – when it's all over with, you know, the guys that are out there running it come in and say, did you see so-and-so? And somebody goes, yeah. And he's like, man, he was 90-something from the outfield. <laughs> you know, it's so uh, there's kind of a wow factor in some of these things. And these guys know what it looks like, and, you know, they're going to stand up and take notice. But, you know, same thing happened uh, when they ran. And same thing happens when they take BP. And whether we like to admit it or not as parents and players, and I think this is what I'm getting at, <laughs> I think it is, is that, you know, we tend to always want to say when, a, when our player, and I say our, my kid, your kid, whatever, when they don't have a wow factor, well, you know, he's just a good player. Yeah, okay. When, why is that a bad thing? Right? That's not a bad thing. But maybe your son doesn't have a cannon. Maybe he's not lightning fast. Maybe he doesn't hit the ball with authority, and maybe he's not a high-velocity pitcher. I hate to let you in on the secret, folks, but if he's not any of those things, those showcases, they may not be for you currently. I'm going to have – I will have that conversation with anybody that wants to have it with me. Any college coach, any scout, any program director is going to have to prove to me that there's a benefit for an unmeasurable player to go to those things. Now, the argument you're going to get for the younger kids is, well, they got to get on the radar. they got to start somewhere. I, you know, I, I would love to hear from some of those guys if they really leave these places with names written down of kids that they think can play but don't have any current measurables. I would, I would love to, and I'd plan on doing it. I mean, just so you know, there'll be a follow-up to this. Because... I've never thought about that before, only because I've always thought, 
and rightfully so as a as a guy that loves baseball and i think you would probably think the same and this is why i brought it up is you know and i i think i did a show about this either a year ago or maybe even longer of when did we stop recruiting guys that were good players i I mean think about that i myself have watched kids get recruited that may not be the best player but they do some things extraordinarily well now the reality of that is is that's the reality of it is is that is reality (laughs) you know they're not taking a team they're taking a player and they're going to go put him with a bunch of other players and then his skill set's going to match up with these other kids and then they're going to try to put the best team they can on the field and let's not even get into when we start talking about professional players they're basically signing an asset a skilled asset and they're going to try to develop this asset to help them become better at one level and that's their job uh you know so you know i i i always listen to the guys that do it for a living and take their advice and i will say you know i i talk a lot about rick strickland on this show and you know i've asked him before um you know i i think about all the time i I've asked him multiple times for my son, you know, hey, does he need to go to this? And he's not right now, you know. And it is his showcase, it's money out of his pocket. And he's like, there's really no – I mean, he doesn't have anything yet that is worth going. You know, I, that that is reality, folks. <laughs> I'm not quite sure – we have this image in our mind that you go to a showcase – and because you think or somebody has told you or even the reality is that he's a good player. He's a really good fielder and, you know, he works really hard and, man, he gets some big hits and he does nothing but throw strikes and loves the game and he's kind of quick. And I'm here to tell you that I'm not quite sure what that means in this general scheme of showcases anymore. You know, I mean... If I guess if I was if I was a guy from a school and I was watching a a high school prep baseball game in the summer, and I watched the whole game and I never heard a ball come off the bat with that distinct sound and never heard the catcher's mitt make that distinct sound and I didn't watch a guy you know leg out a triple that looked ridiculous to me or whatever I I don't know what is there to watch a good baseball game I don't know that that means anything to him to be quite honest with you I. Again, my my follow-up to this will be to get some coaches on, present them with this information. But I want you guys to think about it. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on it. I, it it's actually interesting. I get stuff from people on this all the time. You know, Jim, I, I went here, and this is what I thought. And, you know, my son did this and this and this, and I was really surprised nobody said a word to him. I mean, he was the MVP of the tournament. Nobody said a word to him. And then you talk to him further, and you find out, well, you know, he's he's 16, and he's five foot five, and he's, you know, 130 pounds, and... You know, he plays second base, and you know he had a great weekend. <laughs> and it's like the world's not fair. You know, some kid that's six foot three, two hundred pounds, shows up at something like that, and you know hits a career high on the radar gun and pitches really well against a, a well-known team. And the next thing you know, he's off and off and running. <sighs> it's interesting. You know, it's the reality that we live in, and, you know, we can bury our head in the sand about reality or we can deal with it. But it just begs the question of what are they doing? You know, I, you see it all the time. You've seen it. I, you know, I, I think it's a little easier when they sit behind home plate. 
you know, when you see 20 of them back there and every time a guy goes to throw and they pick a radar gun up. And, you know, it's funny. I, 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 it takes me back to a conversation I had when my older son was going to be a senior. And um, uh, he had pitched really well. This was in the fall. I take that back. He was a senior. It was in the, it was in the fall. And um, he threw really, really well. It was the best he'd ever thrown. And he's a bigger kid, and he, his velocity had really picked up. And the next weekend, um, you know, there was a lot of schools there, mainly junior colleges, which would have been a great route for him if he could have got it together. A lot of them there sitting behind on plate, and they, they watched him for about two innings. And then, you know, they, the, the radar guns got put down, and, and it kind of, you know, they started Marine. They had seen enough and didn't do near as well as he had done the, the weekend before. And, you know, hey, that's life. But, you know, it's funny because they, they wound up rolling through a bunch of pitchers that day and, and no more radar guns. And I was talking to somebody about it, and they said, well, I don't understand. I mean, why did they only radar gun the one kid? And I said, well, I, you know, I, my only guess would be is that, you know, by the eye, he's the only kid I think that was anywhere near 85, much less more than that. I mean, what do you, what do you want to radar gun a kid for if he doesn't throw hard enough? <laughs> You know, it's like, well, I mean, do, do they need to radar gun a kid that's 80, 79, 81? So, again, you look at this stuff and you try to figure out what they're doing. I mean, you know, guy's got three pitches and all he does is get people out, but because he doesn't throw high 80s, they're not interested. Now, there's somebody that's interested in that, but it's not these guys. You know, and it's because and, – and, and I always found this interesting. I think people would take it personal, and I would say, listen, it's not that he can't pitch, and it's not even maybe that they don't think he can get people out. The problem is is that this particular type – these particular types of schools, they literally have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids that want to go to school there and play baseball. And when and thousands in some case, you know, more than that. And they have their pick, so they're going to get the absolute top. And guess what's out there? There are kids out there who can pitch and throw hard. But I go back to what I've always said, and what I maintain is that I've seen a lot of kids that can play, and while they don't have any measurables, all they do is go to the right school and help somebody and have an unbelievable experience. Now, it doesn't always work out that way, but I think if you approach it from the right spot, it does. So, again, I you know <laughs> – and quite frankly, none of the, most the majority of the things that I have seen did not come from those situations of a bunch of guys sitting around um, and checking them out. Now, again, the elite guys or the top flight guys, sure, but most of the guys come from a recommendation from a coach, a recommendation from somebody else, saying, "Hey, I know these people. I know this program. This is a good spot for you. You're just the kind of player that needs to go to this school." Now, the other thing on that is that nine times out of ten, this guy says, "Hey." This school, and you go, what, where, what's the name of it? (laughs) You know, it's not, hey, I know somebody at Louisville, or hey, I know somebody at Oklahoma. Hey, I know somebody at, you know, Cal State Fullerton. Hey, I know somebody at uh, Arizona, (laughs) Mississippi State, Ole Miss. It's typically not those schools. It's typically, hey, I know somebody at, you know, Jimmy G. Junior college and such and such, and he loves guys at da 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 da. And you're like, you got to go to your computer or your phone right away and Google it up and see where it is and what it looks like and check out the field and check out their record last year and how many kids go on to play after two years or whatever, you know. 
but that's okay. You know, how do you, I mean, how do we find our paths in this life? I mean, you know, the interesting doors open and you decide if you want to walk through them or not. So then it comes down to, do you really want to do this or what's more important to you? And let's face it, that's a life decision that has nothing to do with, with anybody else. So again, I just thought it was interesting because as I watched them and I saw this picture, it just immediately made me think of the first time I ever saw a bunch of them somewhere. And it really looked to me like, to, to be quite honest with you, the very first time I ever saw it, and it was kind of odd. It's like they didn't even want to be there. But I thought back to the one this year, and I distinctly remember all of them kind of sitting up there, all of them just kind of sitting there watching, and then all of a sudden some kid throws it home 90-plus miles an hour from right field, and everybody stands up, walks over, watches him, um, asks the coach to hit him a couple more, and the next thing you know, they all go sit back down. They're all right. And so I guess on the flip side of the conversation is I bet that kid got got contacted by a few people. So, you know. Interesting, interesting topics, interesting thoughts, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, your experiences with it as well. Um, I would love to hear from somebody that that went somewhere and really out of nowhere just got contacted by a school, and you're, and it's like you're interested in me. I mean, what did I do? I would love, I love those conversations. So love to hear it. Again, uh, you can contact me through my social media at Podcast Baseball or, of course, Youth Baseball Talk. But uh, again, I, I love them so. You know, the mental part of this is so important, and you think about that part of it and, and, and how that plays into it and the mental grind and trying to stick with it through those processes. A guy that gets that, Kurt McNabb, uh, he comes to you each and every week and brings you the Rope Report, as brought to you by our friends at theropetrainer.com. As I said earlier, John Smoltz always says everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. Let's hear what my man Kurt McNabb has for us this week from Dirtbag Baseball Nation with his Rope Report. Take it away. Awesome stuff, Jim. Welcome to this week's episode of the Rope Report, Dirtbag Baseball Nation. We had to miss last week, obviously, with the uh, festivities, so I wanted to cover it again, and I wanted to make sure everybody understood where we are from uh, Dirtbags to uh, all of you out there. So on behalf of Nolan, Braden, myself, I want to wish all of our American Dirtbags, the entire gang here on Youth Baseball Talk, Earl, John Smoltz, Chris Verna, and the rest of the team over at the Rope Trainer for making this show and the Rope Report possible every week. And finally, yourself, Jim, and your family. We hope you all had a great 4th of July. We also had our own Canadian uh, holiday with Canada Day up here on July 1st. It was our 151st birthday, so we also want to wish all of our Canadian dirtbags the same thing. All right? So both these holidays really are special, and they should be respected and treated as such in the same way we need to treat Veterans Day in the U.S. or Remembrance Day in Canada. These days need to remind us all that we are incredibly very fortunate to live in a free part of the world that allows us to choose, for the most part, how we live every single day. It's pretty awesome that we have this ability to make our own decisions on pretty much everything we choose to do every morning we wake up. What gets lost a lot of the time, though, is the fact that with this ultimate freedom also comes ultimate personal responsibility from every single one of us to help show our appreciation for being able to live this way. It's about being self-motivated, self-aware, and being accountable on a daily basis to each of our personal responsibilities that I see lacking in youth sports and college sports, as well as other day-to-day life issues. We've become so used to having this freedom to do or say whatever we want that we've forgotten the fact that we need to be very respectful towards others who don't always agree with us or our decision. Don't go crazy over this. 
or get all bent out of shape about it. Like ourselves, they or you have the freedom to choose what you want to do or want to say about something. The bottom line is this. You can say or do whatever you want from day to day. And if I don't like it or agree with it, that's my problem, not yours, and vice versa. Because we're not always going to get along, but it's not the end of the world. The only thing we all need to be sure of is that we better own our choices when we do make them. We better be knowledgeable about our choices and not just run our mouths towards someone or something if we don't actually have any clue about it. People that do this, myself included, don't usually have any understanding of what it is they're even talking about. But they want to be a bully or intimidate you, me or the person they're talking to, into feeling the way they do. Please don't be or become this person because ultimately you're wrong. Don't be so closed-minded. Have your opinion, but make sure it's actually based on knowledge about the topic and not just a bully mentality. Be open-minded to learn something new every day. Because when you change your mentality into this way of living, I guarantee you that you're going to wake up with purpose and motivation to make yourself better as well as help educate those around you. If you don't know anything about the subject that's being spoken about, don't be ignorant and act like you do. Come clean. Tell the person or people who are having the conversation with, with that you have no clue what they're talking about and you'd like them to educate you about it. Then make a decision moving forward after that. Here's a baseball example that I've seen and personally go through weekly and have for 30 years. I'm also quite sure it's issues that all of you have experienced at some point in your baseball career as well as in your day-to-day life. But these same issues have also educated me over the years and ultimately helped us build Dirtbag Baseball Nation into a training company that develops and trains players, parents and coaches, completely different than the mass majority of the companies. Some love it, some hate it. It all comes back to having an open mind about everything in your life. Honestly, the people who are 100% in on what we do and how we train came to us originally with an open mind. They wanted to learn. They wanted to make their own decisions based on knowledge. We haven't always agreed at first on everything, but because we are being open-minded, they gave us the opportunity to gain their trust by showing them factually why we train the way we do. Then they start to excel as a player because of this training, and all they want is more and more. Obviously, the players, parents, and coaches who are closed-minded don't like us, but they also don't like anyone else either. It's just the way they are. They're so closed-minded, it's, it's unfortunate. They don't know what they're missing out on in life. I hear personally or through someone every day that someone hates us or doesn't trust us or believe in what we're doing. This is 100% okay and their choice. But the problem is, I don't even know the people that I hear this about. That's what always gets me. They're talking about people I've never met and they've never talked to me to be able to make a calculated, educated decision. I've never met them or talked to them, been able to explain and educate them. So I have a choice. I could be ticked right off at them and throw insults right back at them. But the reality is they have no clue about what we do or how we do it. So this type of reaction would be a complete waste of time. So we stay focused on continuing our development with the players, parents and coaches who are open-minded about becoming the best they can. And this is where our focus should be and must be. 
I can't challenge or encourage all of you enough to become or remain open-minded about all things in life, not just baseball, everything you do in life. You may be surprised. There's a great world out there. So embrace it, be open-minded, and learn it. The 4th of July, Canada Day, Veterans Day, and Remembrance Day should and must be a reminder of how very lucky and fortunate we all are that we get to live a life of free choice every single day. Don't waste it on bitching about things, making excuses about why you can't do something or don't like something or someone. Put your energy into motivating yourself, your family, your friends and teammates into being the best they can. Plain and simple, be a dirtbag. Get up, get after it and get dirty every day because freedom is awesome. And once you embrace the responsibility that comes with it, Every day becomes an absolute rush of adrenaline. I promise you, I guarantee you, it'll change you. So after your picnics and street parties from last week, I hope you don't forget to pick up a glove, a bat and a ball, no matter what age you are, and just simply play a game of catch, pepper, scrub, or a full-on game before you all settle in or I hope you did anyways, before you all settled in for those post-game fireworks. I want to thank you. I want you to remind you one more time. Be thankful for freedom. It's an awesome thing. We Let's do it together. I'm Kirk McNabb of Dirtbag Baseball Nation, and we're going to see you all right back here next week for another episode of The Rope Report here on Youth Baseball Talk. Awesome, awesome stuff. And again, Kirk, we appreciate you so much here at Youth Baseball Talk. Keep doing what you're doing. I know you're affecting a ton of young kids' lives in, in a positive way. And um, I see you guys just growing every day and, and doing what you love. So thank you so much for your continued support. And, of course, my friends at theropetrainer.com. Uh, everybody's been pretty excited about the announcement of Justin Stone being added to the staff with the Chicago Cubs, and he's doing some amazing things for them. Almost on the top secret level. That's how we. That's where we've gone with baseball, folks. Is um, everybody's trying to get an edge, and everybody's going, using cutting edge technology when it comes to training. If you want to use the best, if you want to be the best, you got to use the best, and you got to train the best. It's that simple. Um, I, again, I've said it once. I'll say it again. EliteBaseball.tv is one of the best training aids there is in the country. You have access to it at any time simply by becoming a member of EliteBaseball.tv. I highly encourage you to check it out. And again. Uh, you will not be disappointed. Special thanks, as always, to Justin Stone and Travis Kerber up with Elite Baseball. Let's hear what they have for us this week. Thanks, Jim. Justin Stone here from EliteBaseball.tv. You've heard me talk about a number of different times about how functional strength plays an important role in throwing and hitting mechanics. And I had this example yesterday with both an 11-year-old player, rec player, came a long way to see me, had been struggling with a lot of swing and miss, and I right away did a couple of tests with him after he swung the bat and screened him for pelvic control and basically core strength. What I saw in the video is that his lack of core strength was causing him to lose posture in the swing and pull off drastically to the pull side. So what he told me was, when the ball, I'm hitting the ball, I'm hitting everything foul, and anything on the outer half of the plate is a swing and miss. So some red flags went off right there saying, well, this, this child probably has a posture problem because the body is smart. And to balance itself and without falling over when you're going to swing, if I lack core strength and I can't stay over home plate with a little bit of athletic lean 
and allowing my bat to stay in its arc through the completion of the swing, the body's naturally going to stand straight up where my head gets over my shoulders, gets over my hips, gets over my feet. So now I'm in a balanced position. Unfortunately, that means the bat is cutting out of the zone. So the conversation that I had with the mother during this hour lesson and about three minutes in was, unfortunately, what we're going to work on today is going to have a lot less to do with swinging a bat off of a tee and a lot more with teaching him some functional strength movements he can do at home that once he can complete is going to take care of the swing problem by itself. I also did this with a college player, a draft guy that has had trouble throwing wise with uh, control recently and, and velocity went down from 92 to 84 consistently. After a few screens, we saw that he still had an impingement that he felt like he'd had for two or three years. Now, after time and time again of working mechanics, the mechanics weren't the flaw. His body was compensating for the impingement and throwing from a different slot. Couldn't get his arm up the way he used to. So again, now we have an issue with mechanics that needs to be addressed with the physio part, the body. So long story short, I'm going to give you some simple things you can do with your hitters that are going to make them better at home plate without having to go through mechanics, just getting their bodies prepared to have a good swing, prepared to have a good throw. So I'm going to give you two or three, and we'll show you some video along the way from both the lower half, the core, and then the upper body. So we know that the swing and the throw filters energy from the ground through the core and up the chain. So in the legs, we have to have unilateral strength. It's important that players have the mobility to do a two-legged deep squat, absolutely. But some other things that I really like to do are walking lunges, step-ups, things that challenge you to work on one leg. And with the lower level athletes, this does not have to be with any weight whatsoever. You put a young athlete on a 16 or 20 inch box and tell them to step up, switching legs each time and going to full extension to the top, that gets hard really, really quick. But what we find with athletes as they grow over time is that they favor one side of the body over the other. And especially in sports specific training like baseball, everything works in a pattern from one side of the body to the other. So we get dominant on one side. Find that in myself. When I do any type of exercises in the weight room, I heavily favor my right leg. Why? Because I've been loading in my right leg as a hitter for 40 years, right? So that unilateral leg strength is really important for youth athletes as well, to stabilize, especially on that non-dominant leg. The next one, two-legged jumps for explosiveness, and more importantly, one-legged jumps. Have your player not hopping as fast as I can, but leaping off one leg and landing on one leg. Do that for five reps, jumping as far as they can, five consecutive jumps, balance and stabilize, and try to keep the opposite foot off of the ground the entire time. Great one for power, explosiveness, balance, and stability. So if the legs are the driver of the hit and the throw, it has to send the energy off to the core. And the core is the area of the body that's going to develop last in a youth athlete. So if we get the, that energy to the core and it's not strong enough to receive it and pass it on, players are going to lose posture and lose energy transfer. Basically that means they're going to end up recruiting from the upper body and the swing and the throw, and that's your classic arm swinger, your classic arm thrower, the person that's pulling off the ball or losing posture in their hit or the throw and having very inconsistent results. The test that we need to do for core strength, the thing that I really like, can you hold a plank for one minute, a forward plank? If you can't, you need to start doing three sets of 45 seconds on those and side planks for 30 seconds each. 
The side plank attacks the obliques. If you can't hold it for 30 seconds, again, what I recommend, three times a week, three sets of 30 seconds on the side, each side, and three sets of 45 seconds on the forward plank. That's gonna get the core strong enough to transfer energy up the chain. Another exercise I like, you'll see on the video, are hollow holds. This is basically putting your body in a rounded banana position and rocking like a boat back and forth, almost like really stabilizing and strengthening the core by having to tip and balance the body either direction. Finally, the upper body. What we talk a lot about here is scapular strength. Another area in both throwers and hitters that's crucial for energy transfer and the ability to resist my lower body in the sequence of the swing. So what that means is, as my lower body starts the turn in the throw or the hit, we want our upper body to stretch the core. How it does that? The scap retracts and pulls back. That stretches the core and allows energy transfer to get quicker up the chain. With that, without scapular strength, the upper body always turns early. So again, that's the player that rolls over everything, pulls off the ball, or their upper body falls off early in the throw and the arm gets extended out away from them. These players are very inconsistent in the ability to throw strikes. How do we strengthen the scapula? Well, its scapula moves in a lot of different directions. It's a bone, and the muscles around the bone, most of, most of which are rotator cuff muscles, control the scapula and make it move in different directions. So what I like here, assisted pull-ups. Have your player hang from a dead hang off of a bar and help them, because they're probably not gonna be able to do more than one at the beginning. Help them with either band or just hold them around their waist and let them go through the full range of motion. This is not keeping your elbows bent doing chin-ups. That works the biceps. We're trying to take the scapula through the full range of motion. We have to move it in different directions. Help them up and down on pull-ups. I do this with my own six-year-old daughter. In a very short amount of time, she's able to do pull-ups consistently on her own. It doesn't take very long. The next one that I like are some type of bent over row. I'm making my back flat. I'm leaning over a table or a chair and I'm pulling the weight with my elbow, keeping my arm tight to the side. This is gonna take the scapula and pinch it towards the spine. And finally, for stability, you've heard me say it before, my favorite, handstands. Get them up against a wall, help them, assist them to get their feet up in the air against the wall, keep the elbows locked out so you don't bounce your head off the ground, and keep the elbows locked out to stabilize the scapula. That is by far the best exercise for stability in the upper body, in my opinion. So there you have it, three exercises for the lower body, the core, and the upper body that are gonna take care of a lot of the mechanical issues that your son or daughter has that you keep trying to coach into them off of a tee or in private lessons that have nothing to do with their actual mechanics. It's the way their bodies are programmed to do the athletic movement based on the assets they bring into the batter's box or the pitcher's mound. The assets that they have, the strength or lack of strength, is going to determine the way their mechanics are going to work. Attack this. For every hour you're spending doing some sort of mechanical movement with a bat in your hand, spend an hour on your body as well. Until next time, this is Justin Stone with EliteBaseball.tv. If you want additional exercises or see a complete plan, we have this in a new functional strength and assessment plan on our website at EliteBaseball.tv. If you want to get some insight to it and start your own exercise program, come visit us free for 48 hours. Next time, see you on the field. Great stuff as always, and again, uh, I, I'll never be able to thank those guys enough for continuing to support the show, for, for helping promote it, and, and just really 
uh, allowing us to be involved in what they do because, again, they do it as good or better than everybody else. And, uh, you know, when you're tied for first in, in this arena, you're doing something right. So special thanks one more time to Justin Stone and Travis Kerber with Elite Baseball. And if you do not have EliteBaseball.tv, you need to get on and get it today to be the best $99 you ever spent. It's going to do it for us this week. Um, I'm going to start making some phone calls the minute I leave here and start working on a guest, a follow-up guest on the, the showcase thing. Um, uh, I am getting a lot of questions right now about tryouts. Uh, we'll talk about it. Um, I've got some people that I know knee-deep in it right now, and I'm going to get both. I'm going to do a little thing coming up here, both sides of it. Um, there's a gentleman I think highly of that's knee-deep in it right now as far as trying to build an organization. I have some parents that are involved in it, and he, as early as last night, a few of them sending me texts going, I don't get it. I don't know what they're doing. I don't understand. I'm not impressed. Well, let's, why not? What about it? What did you see that you didn't like? Let's talk about it. You know, because, again, we can't fix anything if we don't talk about it. Uh, one last time, check us out, youthbaseballtalk.com. Subscribe to the show there. Do your shopping at Amazon there. A lot of you guys are doing that. Thank you so much. You just simply click down to the right on your computers or all the way down on your mobile device. We get a very small referral. Uh, it means the world to us. Um, doesn't cost you anything extra. Thank you so much. Um, it really, really helps, and I cannot tell you how much it does. Um, you know, everything that we do here uh, is such a, a big part of the show. R- staying in contact with what's going on with all of you out there is the big part of it, at Podcast Baseball on Twitter, Youth Baseball Talk on Facebook. Like and follow us, please. We'd appreciate it. Uh, lineupmedia.fm. Um, the fastest growing podcast company on the planet now home once again as I mentioned earlier to Yo Radio go to the app store download it it's absolutely free you'll love the content leave them a review they would greatly appreciate it Um, Brian Kroc Andrew Allen thank you for all you guys do behind the scenes Uh, one more time special thanks go out to precisionimpact.ca and their continued support of the show don't forget to go to precisionimpact.ca after you've uh, decided what you want in your cart there and you make your purchase. You simply put in Youth Baseball Talk in the discount or coupon area, and again, you'll receive an additional 10% on your order. Uh, Dirtbag Baseball Nation, thank you for allowing Kurt McNam to be part of the Rope Report, brought to you by the Rope Trainer, theropetrainer.com. And as John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. Make sure you check it out today. And, of course, EliteBaseball.tv with their training tip of the week from Justin Stone or Travis Kerber each week. That's EliteBaseball.tv. Do yourself and your player the, uh, the benefit of having access to this wonderful information at any time. Again, uh, this is Jim Cromer from Youth Baseball Talk. I look forward to chatting with you all next week. See you on the field. Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at Podcast Baseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.